Before we get started, please take the time to like, add, and subscribe to our pages on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, please leave us a review. Yeah, the, the stuff they try and just jam down your throat and say, the natives just gave this land. Like, I, like, there's, there's a story, and I'm going to wander, like, we'll wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink. Clink. Clack. Clickety-clack. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. It's another wonderful Wednesday. We're here with the Wandering Ways crew, myself, Reverend Mark, and with me as per use, the man from Montana. And you thought you knew Montana. He wears a little shell hat. He's part of the little shell tribe. He is, he's that guy. He's Ranger Zach. How we doing, my man? Great. That was an introduction and a half if I've ever heard one, but I'm I'm all for it. I'm about it. I'm I'm excited. Uh we're back. It's another wonderful Wednesday. We've had some great things coming. We've had some great things going. We've had some great things up and down, all around, side by side. You're up and doing work, getting outdoors, staying active. You said you went swimming and running today. Crazy guy, you. And uh, I'm out here living the dream, trying to figure it out, trying to figure our social medias out. So please, guys, go like, subscribe, add, friend, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you need to say to the Wandering Ways crew. Say it on all our social medias. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the weather has been a cold out here. So that run I did was actually in the snow. Um, not gonna lie, I never ran in the snow before today. That's wild. First time. Cool. I know. I even I, I was even a little hesitant on it. I asked uh, Instagram. I put a poll up on Instagram. I was like, "Is that too much snow to run?" And uh, there were too many people that were like, no, that's not enough. So I was like, fuck, I guess I got to run now. Well, and I mean, what do you think? First thoughts, initial thoughts. Actually, it's a lot more fun uh, than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be a shitty run. I went for like four and a half uh, miles. And, uh, you know, depending on like where, how much snow is kind of like, it's like, pack packed but kind of like packed it's really fun as long and it's not like too high to where your your toes are hitting the the snow all the time and your feet get wet right um but other than that like yeah i didn't fall which is big time uh i had the over or under set on two slips and i didn't even achieve one so doing pretty good that's great no that's great to get outside and get running in the snow it's fun to be in the snow i mean like I told Matt ice fishing, you know, we were ice fishing with him last week. We had him on and uh, we were out there and I'm like, man, you need to come to Eastern Montana where there's no snow on these lakes. Cause at least snow, you have a little bit more traction. You get out, you know, you're walking right straight on ice, you know, that's not fun. I mean, it is fun, but like not fun in the sense of like, it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's crazy to think because like that's the same thing with driving right like i'd much rather drive on snow than ice oh 100 you know? 
I I do not like driving on ice. I don't I'm not a huge fan of driving on snow either. But I'm not a huge fan of driving on snow because I've never driven on snow. Right. It would be hard and different and yeah. I you put you get some snow on the ground and I'm like, ah shit, got a white knuckle it. I'm like going a little slow. But you got rain, you get puddles. I'm like, nah, we're good. Let's bust this to like 80 miles per hour on the freeway. You know, a little hydroplane, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just right, write it out, write it out. The puddle will yeah. end. Exactly. But but the snow, I'm like a polar opposite. You freeze that rain, and I'm like, nah, let's pass. Right. No, freezing rain's crazy. Like it's just like when it froze at my parents' house, it looked like it was snow but it was just like frozen raindrops that formed like yeah. a perfect layer of ice that you're like, you could skate on this. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Wild. Not my, not my thing. I'm not a huge, huge fan of uh, the snow ice for driving. It's pretty, um, you know, oh, yeah. it makes everything really pretty around here. Driving's not fun in it. And that's one thing with no. me and Matt and we tried to beat the storm and we did. It's crazy. Cause we were talking about the temperatures dropping it warmed back up already to 40, 50 degrees here. It is a warm day. It's crazy. Lucky you. Look at you sitting in the sun belt. The I sun think belt. we're we're sitting at 36. Oh, that ain't bad. No, it's not bad. But I mean, it's been hovering like honestly, like it's been sitting between like 40 and 30 for like a week. It doesn't really oh. move much out of that range. That's, I mean, but that's normal, but where like you get like DC, I saw DC, it was 80 degrees there on like Tuesday or last Thursday or whatever. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, we could go in on and on and on about why that is happening. Uh, and if you need an excellent example of why that's happening, just look at Ohio about the beginning of uh, February. It's shit like that. Not that specific incident. But anyways, no, we are here today to talk about, we're here to continue, not just talk about, but continue our ABCs of the national parks. And we've got a fun one today. I think one of the more forgotten about parks um out there but i think just as cool it's in it's actually probably only like oh shoot maybe like eight hours from me uh, um i put like 12 on it i don't think it's that much map it right now map it from okay, your house well, Live uh, on well, the podcast. First, first let's uh let's um tell everybody what it is it's the channel islands national park um, so, in the great state of California. You show that picture. I'll show my picture from our favorite subpar reviews. And they said, too many birds. Too, too many, many birds. birds. Which I could get. Probably you're at a park. Probably wintering the bird season, huh? Yeah. But we're like, birds flying around outside? No one told me that would be a thing. Just off the coast of southern California Channels Island National Park was established to protect areas of natural and cultural significance, both on the islands within the waters of the area. The Channel Islands are a vital habitat for shorebirds and seabirds, 
offering a wintering resting area for shorebirds and providing important nesting and feeding grounds for 99% of seabirds in Southern California. So yeah, that's a lot of birds. Beyond the birds, the islands also have plants, animals found nowhere else on the world. This, the islands were created by tectonic forces that caused them to rise up out of the ocean. So they're always been separate from the mainland, creating this unique habitat. So kind of, I feel like kind of getting a little bit of that Darwinism out there on those islands. In this, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it, there's definite, definite Darwinism going on. Survival of the fittest evolution, all that fun stuff <clears throat> mapped it out. Um, it is down by Santa Barbara. That's the park that's down there by Santa Barbara. And uh, we were both wrong. It's not not eight hours. It's not 12 hours. We're going to split the diff and go 10. Oh, so you can do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, you would want to make it a whole long weekend for sure to do it. But um, it's very doable. And Santa Barbara, real pretty. Santa Barbara, love me some Santa Barbara. I've been to Santa Barbara. Um, I very, very much enjoyed it. Well, and it looks like one of those parks. The more and more I'm looking at my books, I don't know if you see me here, if you're watching on the YouTube or Spotify, but I'm reading my books. I'm kind of diving in as you talk. And there looks like almost like you're going to want to put some time into this park, both in the planning stages, as well as the just like time there, because they you, you are going to want to check out these different islands, you know, a ranger tip says, you know, different islands offer different experiences. So you're going to get something different on each Island. You're going to want to take the time to spend. Um, and whatever that recommended time on each Island is, I mean, I would recommend spending it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah i definitely think planning for this park is i mean because they're islands you know there's right. five of these islands out there so planning is going to be crucial um you know of the five islands that are within the park um here are the sizes for e and names of each of the parks here um san miguel is 9325 acres the so santa rosa island is 52794 acre acres uh, i'm going to butcher this i'm sorry the anacapa uh, is 699 acres so it's a small one yeah, uh, not cool. as small as uh, the santa barbara island which is 639 acres and then the santa cruz island which is the largest island is sitting at 60,645 acres um so you have right. a lot of options but uh i believe i'm willing to bet and i haven't looked into it but i'm willing to bet logistically it's probably a little tough to get to all of them yeah based on it i mean the that small one the anacapa well, and that's where your visitor center is. But there's also a visitor center there in Ventura Harbor, right on the mainland there in California. Um, and I assume you'd have to take boats. They probably have boats that you go out there. It doesn't it? It looks like it only be is about ten miles, twenty miles, maybe that you get really start getting into the park from the mainland. Yeah, and, it's not terribly far off the off the mainland there. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of ferry system maybe that they have in place. 
but that Santa Barbara Island, you did talk about that. And that's, uh, I think that's kind of, that's, they, that's the Channel Islands National Marine Sanctuary, the California State Ecological Reserve. Uh, there's the Arch Point there, which I think that's one of those famous arches that that you see in the imagery. I believe that's where. It oh comes. yes, uh, it's uh, the one here in my postcard that I have. Yeah. I believe that was yeah, in the, the one the Amber Share one. Same, it was the same one, but just a different. Uh, uh just a different view but it means beautiful and i think that the more and more i look at it the more and more i want to go because they even have an endangered island fox on the island and they say they're possible to see uh if you do one of the drives even yeah um what's well, fun fact about that island fox is it's like one of very few mammals on the park Or in the park. I actually was going to bring this up because this park is actually the first park that we will hit in this ABCs that does not have a black bear. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I guess the Hawaii parks when we get there. But you're right. The first one that we've encountered. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I didn't even think about that. Um, I'm also looking at their website here. Because that's always a good place to start when you go to these places. And they have a good 24 minute long, obviously, I'm not going to play it for you, but a 24 minute long video about the park. So if you do want to learn more uh, from the park themselves, that looks like I might actually watch it after the podcast, I guess is what I'm saying to Mark. (laughs) (laughs) But the mammals, I mean, I see in the pictures here, you got like the sea lions, you got the foxes. Did you, did you figure out any of the other mammals? That so I, I'm, I'm talking land mammals. Um, I'm not going this marine mammals on this one. Um, but what you're looking at for land mammals on these islands is you got the island fox, which is, you mentioned island deer mouse, oh, the yeah. harvest mouse and the spotted skunk. Oh wow! I'm on the yep. I'm yep. All those ones. They also have some lizards. It looks like because they call they classify on the website as terrestrial animals. So they include bats and lizards on that same list with the four you mentioned. And then they have the marine animals, which is the California sea lions, the harbor seals, the North elephant seals, the northern fur seals, the Guadalupe fur seal, the stellar sea lion. Sea otters, common dolphins, bottlenose dolphins, gray whales, humpback whales, blue whales, and then some of the giant sea bass, the Jill Gabaldi, starfish, lobster. Kind of neat, huh? And then some they even have paleos historic animals. Yeah. yeah. Uh you know, I'm kind of, you know, a little bit of research. I haven't done a crazy amount. Um, just enough to get some facts, but um, what I'm a big fan about thus far is it really, really kind of feels like this park is here to protect some environment. The marine you know, environments for the sure. Marine environment, this island environment, these ecosystems, it very much feels, and I'm I'm all about it. Like no well, questions asked, super excited all about this. Well, and it sounds that way too, because, you know, you look at the islands and the way that they are um, and, and being unique from one another and having those uniquenesses, you do need to preserve that in a way because the, like those are 
the most fragile ecosystems in the world when it comes, you know what I mean? Like when it comes yeah. down to that kind of stuff, like there's a reason we need to protect this and, and have it done right. Um, I'm trying to look, there's a park timeline on the website here to see. Um, but it, it did look like that, even the uh, Chumash. Well, one ahead. of the big things about like this being a park for conservation is <clears throat> This actually has like one of the largest gatherings of uh, seals in the world. Um, so what you're looking at is it involves seasonal gatherings of pinnipeds or seals on the San Miguel Island. Northern elephant seals, California sea lions, harbor seals, and northern fur seals all gather here and are one of the largest congregations of wildlife in the world. So, like, the fact that we are able to protect, like, that for these uh, mammals is totally awesome. Uh, I know I know sea lions and that, depending if you're a big, big fisher, it can get a little controversial about the predator to prey when it comes to, like, the salmon. I do get your concerns uh, there, um, but... Still, the fact that we're able to preserve this area for them is huge. Well, and it's interesting because it, it looks like there's a lot of work that took place to do that preserving. Um, just reading the brief history, you know, the islands in the 1920s were used for possible uh, smuggling during Prohibition. In the 60s, there was a bunch of boat wrecks that happened real close nearby. Um, there was a lighthouse on there. There was, um, it looks like they they what they established the park in 1980 as the 40th national park. So that's kind of good to know. But uh, like they had to remove sea urchins. Um, they had to start buying different parts of different, like the different islands. They had to get sheep and pigs off the islands. Um, when the island foxes started to decline in 1995. So it sounds like, it's been a battle for them to get this park to keep it the way it is. Like, it sounds like we've, we as people have kind of done a good job messing it up. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that we as people have uh, been kind of screwing that one up. Um, We try our best to screw a lot of stuff up. Right. No, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, but, you don't have to screw up while you're there. There's a lot to do. I mean, they got the interpretive ranger programs. They have different hikes. They have camping opportunities. They have backcountry camping opportunities. They have picnicking. They have boating that you can do in the area. They have kayaking, diving, snorkeling. You could even fish, go surfing, do one of Mark's favorite things called tide pooling. Go on a whale watching tour, go see sea lions and seals, bird watching, wildflower viewing, um and then there's plenty of lectures too yeah um actually one of the fun facts that i have is you can go kayaking with harbor seals in this park um because i mean harbor seals are very curious kind of creatures in general so i'm not surprised that they'll pop up while you're kayaking around um definitely good spot for whales um i think the fact that i saw is like mid-december through march there's a decent uh amount uh going on there uh whale activity i mean whales are 
migratory. They go north to south. So, you know, you're probably able to see them uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know this off um, the top of my head, but I know you're getting close to where blue whales are seen. Um, so maybe you might be able to spot a blue whale, which would be absolutely wild to see. Right. No, I would, that would blow my mind, especially how big yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm reading a little bit more too, to, cause when you are at these places, you are curious about like access, right. As well. Um, mm-hmm. it sounds like boating is kind of the way to go. Um, cause you can get out there. There's a couple islands. You can even dock your own boats at, uh, a couple of the other like Santa Cruz Island, Santa Rose Island, San Miguel Island. It sounds like there's possible permits that are needed. Uh, when visiting these areas, um, so always check permit systems. But I mean, whales, man, like you just take the boat right out and go see it right off the park there, especially a, a habitat like that. Because I I believe when you have these protected fisheries, the fish know that and they'll come into those those boundaries. Um, the fishermen, you know, like they fish the edge of the boundaries because that's where the fish are. They know where they're at. They know where they're protected. And yeah, like you're going to get exactly what you're saying. You're going to get some of those whale encounters right off the coast. And I mean, that's something to do. I mean, I'm sure in that area too, I'm sure in the Ventura area, you're able to even book private tours going out into the water around there. Um, I want to say this is also the channel islands is also where they filmed some of uh, like planet earth uh and the new especially the newer stuff and like the blue planet stuff and like the our universe stuff like i think some of that came from the channel islands uh it could very well be um i know the channel islands have been used in movies i don't know which ones or what movies um and then one of one of the islands or caves in the islands is like an inspiration for pirates of the caribbean as well so um, you know, you know, it's, it's very, very scenic spot. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Um, but you know, one of the big, a big perk of this park is while it is difficult to get to, uh, there is no park entrance fee for this park. So that, that that's always a plus, um, that you can just go hop on and check out some cool stuff without having to pay, um, that that pesky little well it's not a pet i don't want to i shouldn't say pesky but you shouldn't you don't have to pay that fee um um to get into this park that's good i mean that's good because it sounds like you're going to have to do work in this park (laughs) that makes sense like i'm reading here where it's like you're going to have to take a boat here and do this. And then you'll have to hike a mile up a hill here to see this beach where these seals like to hang out I mean, I'm down to do it. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I'm glad it, you take an, you take the fee out in some of these parks. And I, I've been to parks like that before, where they don't charge a fee just because it is like it is covered enough by public funds that we're fine. We don't need like I understand Yellowstone because you do have the amount vast amount of workers and things that you need to do that way. But like you do get those one parks where it's one or two staff members, and it's like yeah, just let them in. Yeah. Um, and most of this park, 
um, roughly 76% of it is actually managed by a private conservation group um, as well. Nature Conservancy owns and manages. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not the park. It's just one of the islands, the Santa Cruz Island. 76% of the Santa Cruz Island is managed by um, this private nature conservancy, um, which, you you know, I'm I'm very I'm always wary about it. Um, it sounds like this has been going on for a while, so it sounds like it's a good relationship. Um, I always love seeing when there's a good private and public uh, relationship, um, but I am definitely always wary about it. Um, when I first hear about it, until I do some real deep digging into it, um, but you know, stories like that. Uh, American Prairie, um, you know, there's always some hope out there. Oh, you hit the mute button, Zach. Sorry, oh, everybody. Right. He's saying some great stuff, but he decided <laughs> to mute himself. It was not me muting him. I don't mute Zach, even though sometimes we should, but he muted himself. Well, I was sitting there. I didn't want to interrupt you, and I'm sitting there talking here because I was – saying that you're making a great point. You always want to be careful, tread lightly with, uh, uh, with those, uh, groups because you don't know necessarily what the ultimate end goals of organizations like that are, but with, with the regulations sometimes put in by the federal government, it does help, especially when it comes to land stuff, but there's some interesting history too, on that Santa Cruz Island, which might lead to that is, um, Right here, it says the island is also rich in cultural history with over 10,000 years of American Indian habitation and over 150 years of European exploration and ranching. The Santa Cruz Island, known by the Chumash people as Limu, which translates to into the sea, was home to 10 villages that housed over 1,200 people. Many of these islanders mined extensive chert deposits for making tools and produce shell bead money used as a major trade item by tribes throughout California. The largest village on the island, as well as on the northern channel islands, Swak Sealy, occupied the area of Scorpion Ranch at the time of the Spanish contact in 1542. Plank canoes called homols provided transportation between the islands, mainlands, remnants of Chumash elevation can still be seen thousands uh, in thousands of shell middens on the island. Um, but it sounds like the Spanish wanted the island and for their own goods. You know, it sounded like there were people there. They conquered them. They took over the land. They then over time, it sounds like the federal government and different conservation groups saw the importance of these islands and tried to bring them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw, I, I've seen in some of the facts that there's been a high amount of, um, you know, different or peoples that are native peoples that are living on the island. So I'm not surprised, um, that, you know, to hear, I'm not surprised it's the Spanish that wanted it too. They were out there trying to take a lot of shit, especially on the like West coast of the, of both North and South America, you know, what oh. the Spanish were doing. Very much so, very much so, especially up there in the California area. Yeah, because right here they're talking about uh, they had to, uh, there was, a, when they were restoring it, 
They had to remove the golden eagles. They had to reintroduce the bald eagles and captive breeding island foxes. They had to remove sheep and those pigs. Um, and this is the Santa Cruz Island specifically. But yeah, interesting how each island, you know, that's that island. And you're able to even go on to um, go on to the website here, the National Parks website, and click on each island and see what they have. That's it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the most interesting part about like the stuff that we found on this park is truly how much like people have tried to screw these islands up. (laughs) You know, it's it just feels like it's been a battle to just maintain the ecosystem that it had. And it's definitely changed. Because when whenever you do something to an ecosystem, it has changed. You're never going to go back to where it was. Now, is it for better or for worse? I don't. I don't know. You know, um, right. I'd have to right. probably dig into that a bit more. But <clears throat> you know, it seems like uh, we as as people really keep trying to screw this one up. Right. Well, and you, as you say that, I'm reading that Anacapa Island, uh, right here, right. Supports 265 species of plants, including two only found on that island and 20 of those only found in the Channel Islands. The Anacapa deer mouse is only found on that island. Uh, West Anacapa is home to the largest breeding colony of California uh, brown pelicans. Um, Their Scripps Mollaret colonies are just now recovering from the rat eradication in 2002. Frenchie Ledreau lived in Frenchie's Cove from 1928 to 1956. Um, It was the Anakba Lighthouse turned on in 1932 was the last permanent lighthouse built on the West Coast. Um, Harbor harbor seals and California seals breathe there or breed there. Like you fuck with that. You mess with that. What does that do to all those species? Right. Two of them are to that only Island too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a, there there's a domino effect. I don't think that we truly understand and you don't know, and you don't understand until oftentimes it's too late. In need of led lights for your vehicle. Look no further than our friends at Oxteo, keeping our vehicles well lit while on the road while looking for Bigfoot. Make sure to use code Ruguru R U G A R U on your next set of led lights. Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the Shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers um he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker there's even water bottles hats sweatshirts the whole swag and we even got a discount code for you guys yes if you use wandering ways at shop ls574 you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase but not only that you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the little shell tribe as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code wandering ways 
W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. The Wild West is full of dangers, from snakes to bears. The outdoorsman must be prepared. That is why when you experience rivers like the San Juan or the Yellowstone, you must bring a blue ribbon net. Handcrafted and biodegradable, these classic wooden fishing nets are all you need while on the river. Make sure to use code RUGARU10 when checking out at Blue Ribbon Nets. Again, the code is RUGARU10. R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0. All right, the Channel Islands, I mean, it has a lot, a lot of uh, cool stuff. And speaking of cool stuff, or as uh, I like to say, cool shit, uh, it's time for Cool Shit in Nature. I got two wonderful videos um as i normally have at least two of something uh but this first one here i just thought it was kind of cool um it's um it's how flamingos eat underwater oh um, how they like brush it up yeah yeah so i, I think it's just kind of cool to watch them kind of like clatter their beaks like that just as they uh Go to town on whatever it is they're going to town on. And that's what makes them pink, right? The more and more they eat, that's what gives them the color. Yeah, I think it's like a shrimp that gives them that, right? Some sort of, yeah, some sort of something they're eating. Yeah, but um, no, super cool to watch uh, these guys kind of do their thing. Um, And our second one here, uh, this is just a cool, it's a lizard. Yeah, Uh, you showed me this. Yeah, yeah. What I love about this is when I first watched it, I was like, what the hell is going on? And then you see the lizard move and you're like, damn, he did a good job at camo in himself. Right. No. And it, it makes sense when you're, when you walk by trees like that and like you look at animals, like we as humans, right. It's like throw them down on a white table or a black table and, and look at them and examine them because you can examine them. But it's like, in reality, that's how you should examine him. Is like, that's him in his habitat right there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he is. I mean, even after you've watched this and you like know where he's at, right? There's still some parts where it's hard to draw the line. Um, you you know you have to know what you're looking for. Yeah, you re- you really do. And I mean, he he hides himself really really well um, in there. Um, but anyways. That's some, just some cool shit. Well, uh, yeah. When you first sent that to me, I thought you were just sending me a picture of a tree. That's how good of a job he does. But yeah, I mean, that's cool stuff. That's fun to watch. That's good stuff. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But jumping back um, <clears throat> into uh, the good old Channel Islands here, uh, I have a, a fun fact story that I kind of want to read. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, so uh, I like to try and find one real fun off the wall kind of fact about these parks um so i'm going to share one here today for and here it is is a bootlegger leased the anacapa island i know i'm butchering that and i'm i apologize um but perhaps the least known of the channel islands uh is which became part of the anacapa island is home to a bootlegger who leased the island 
the Prohibition era began in 1920 with the passage of the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which banned the manufacture, transportation, and sale of intoxicating liquors. The Volstead Act was passed to enforce the 18th Amendment, which increased the illegal production and sale of liquor, known as bootlegging. The proliferation of speakeasies or illegal drinking spots and the accompanying rise of gang violence and organized crime led to a waning support for prohibition by the end of 1920s. Uh, in 1933, the 21st Amendment was adopted and ratified, which appealed the 18th Amendment and thus ended the prohibition era on December 5th, 1933. Enter Ira Eaton. Now they have the backstory. Enter Ira Eaton and his wife, Margaret. They operated a resort on Santa Cruz Island, which catered to sailors, fishermen, and film crews. Being an enterprising capitalist, Eaton wanted to be able to offer his customers a product which, despite being outlawed, was high in demand. For 10 years, Eaton held a lease to Anacapa Island. He used this lease to provide storage for bootlegged liquor, which he ran into various ports on the Southern California coast after the start of Prohibition in 1999. Fun, fun fact. Um, actually kind of a real cool fact, to be honest. It's a little Prohibition gang uh, sounds like smart business. Well, and it makes sense, you know, your island off the coast, you're going to use you're going to use the the territory to your benefits or the area to your benefits, the surroundings, and makes sense. As as many of our national parks are scapegoats in that sense, uh, we do come we do run across some of those stories. You know, I believe it was the pirate down in uh, Biscayne that you know, yeah. <clears throat> And then uh, who what who used Canyonlands as um, oh a yeah hideout too yeah um, so what's his name because uh, old man old trucks gonna get mad at us I know I know <laughs> and I feel bad um, but it, he's a, it's a famous outlaw yeah that used Canyonlands as well which is sad that I'm not remembering um, but no I, I mean it's it adds to the fun part to it, you know, like these, these areas aren't just about the beautiful, beautiful views and uh, right. all that. Like there there's history to be had there, you know, uh, and history across, across many different peoples as well. You know, there's the native history and then uh, there's the stuff that we really only hear about in the white history. <laughs> yeah. The, the stuff they try and just jam down your throat and say, the natives just gave this land. Like I like there's there's a story, and I'm gonna wander my way a little this way. But you're familiar with Hellgate Canyon, kind of coming in to Missoula there, uh, when you're coming in on uh the Clark's Fork River, uh from East Missoula Bonner area, you're coming into Missoula. Well, I had a white friend in high school, and I'm not gonna give his name because if they may listen to the podcast, they might not like that. But he was telling me about how like the white settlers would be harassed and murdered and killed in that Canyon. And he was like, that's such just a bad thing. The natives are mean. The and it's like, 
bro, those are literally people. It's like Russia right now coming into Ukraine and just invading and saying like, we're going to take this. Like, you're not going to fight them and kill them. Like, yeah, like, like that's what just blows my mind with some people. It's just like they 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 justify it. Like, you're like, ah, yeah, you can't justify those histories. It, I mean, people tried to justify a lot of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, that uh, that happens. Uh, I have another kind of fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, or a story uh maybe we'll even add it to our bookstore um which you can go to i believe it's bookstore.org slash wandering ways you can check out the books that uh both ranger zach and myself like to read and you can purchase purchase it yourself and you can also support a, a small local bookstore so it's a huge thing make sure the link is in the description uh but it is not just a shameless plug for that the Channel Islands inspired a book and film about the last indige- indigenous native. Uh, though it is not one of the five islands comprising the Channel Islands National Park, San Nicolas has its own place in history of these magical islands. Uh, another of the extraordinary Channel Islands National Park facts involves an incredible story of the lone woman of San Nicolas. The native population of San Nicolas, Nicolas was removed to the mainland. Then a story began circulating about a lone woman who remained on the island. In 1850, a Franciscan of Santa Santa Barbara Mission offered a reward of $200 to anyone who could find this elusive woman. It was the adventurer George Nedever uh, a, of Channel Islands fame who went out as part of a hunting and fishing party, according to Frederick Chills, on the west end of the island that discovered a windbreak made of whale ribs and sticks, which were covered with brush. Inside, to their amazement, was a woman clothed in dress and skins and feathers. She followed the men to their boat, made the trip to Santa Barbara, where she was hailed as a local sensation. Uh, Ned Ever took her to his house, where she entertained the locals with sign language and pantomime. Unfortunately, no one could speak her language. Uh, Nevertheless, the people who encountered her were fascinated, which was which was given food. She was given foods that she had not tasted before, which included fruit, meat, vegetables. This would prove to be her undoing, however, as her system was unable to cope. Uh, her story was the inspiration for Scott O'Dell's successful 1960 novel titled Island of the Blue Dolphins. And in 1964, it was made into a film of the same name. So maybe check out that list. You might see Island of the Blue Dolphins on there. You never know. That's a cool story. I mean, it makes sense because you know that native population is like, Helen, Helen, like she fucking did it. She stuck it out. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, it was like, they're all like, you're going to get caught. You're, and she did it in just some rando. Oh, I'm about it. I'm about resistance in that sense. I mean, again, you're being removed from your homelands. That What's that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in, you know, the little factoid that I just read doesn't go into a lot of it, you know, but part of me also thinks like, what if she was just left behind by accident, you know, like 
you didn't hit her alarm, missed the boat, bat ride back to the mainland type deal. And she's just like, she's like, yeah, you know what? I'll just kind of do my thing. <laughs> right. Right. And then ultimately I, I find it funny because even the, the Anglo-Saxon, the European writing of the story and saying how they, they, they're blaming the food that killed her. Who's to say it wasn't the diseases that of contacting Europeans for the first time. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was, it could be a combination of both type right. deal. I, you know, was allergic it, to I the would papaya. Find it, I would find it hard to believe that like fruits and vegetables, you know, while it very well could, because I mean, that does a lot of people in, but typically it's because that stuff that they're eating is bad anyway, you know? Right. Right. And it maybe it was a, maybe an allergic reaction to something too. hundred percent there too. So but that's a cool uh, story. I'm appreciative. I'm, I like, I like when you look out for those stories to share with us. Yeah. It's kind of a fun one to, um, you know, it's something I don't think you hear a lot about when you look up these parks as these fun things, whether it's a bootlegger, a pirate, or somebody who's just uh, kind of just being them on the island, probably just wanting to be left alone. Right. And that's what's interesting, too, because um, you do come across that in these places of people that just want to be left alone. And there's a lot of people that are like that. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting how we as a society it's like don't want that for people you know um we want what we think is best for others um but i don't know i think the channel islands there's a lot more to them there's a lot more history to them there uh looking at the history you can learn about the park on the website you know they have the history and the culture tab um is that it's not even the arlington man huh the arlington of who's what's the arlington man it's a story. Uh, I am not familiar. Why don't you enlighten us on the Arlington man? Okay. When you click on the tab, it says uh, Arlington Springs, the earliest evidence of paleo Indians in coastal California. Arlington Springs man broke into the news following the fifth California Island Symposium at the Santa Barbara Museum of National History in 1999. Newspapers, magazines, television news, and radio programs around the world reported on what was arguably the earliest dated human remains in either North or South America, using small fragment of a human femur discovered by Phil Orr in 1959 on Santa Rosa Island. Modern techniques of bone protein an analysis and radiocarbon dating indicate that Arlington Springs man lived some, some 13,000 calendar years ago. Only one other find in North America, a child uh, burial now from the now destroyed Anzic site in Montana has ever been dated to the earliest age. And that kid in Montana, it was the clove. They, they take them back to the Clovis people who are in, uh, they came over on the, the Bering Land Strait that they say, the Bering Sea Land Strait, uh, the Clovis people, that's the first natives. Arlington Springs man lived at the end of the, Stone scene area when the when four northern channel islands were still united together as one mega island and the climate was much cooler than today the evidence that, that the people had arrived on that island 13,000 years ago demonstrates that watercraft were used along in California coast that 
early date and lends support of a theory that people <laughs> that the earliest peoples to enter the Western Hemisphere may have migrated from the Pacific Coast uh, from Siberia and Alaska using boats. Recent radiocarbon dating by Dr. Larry Angiobrod from a pig, pygmy mammoth fossil in the Santa Rosa Island suggests that the last of these three unique mammals have been presented on the island at the time of the first humans arrived. So basically, it's dating them back to the Ice Age. Oh, nice. There you go. Uh, love it. Um, <clears throat> that's a good good spot to go because uh, we are reaching our time. Um, you know, we're at that being that point. I got to be that guy. Um, it is now time for final words. So final words, my guy. I almost wish I had more for this park because I feel like that's like going there. You're going to get such so much better experience going there, reading about it, looking at the maps, looking at kind of what it has to offer. Uh, definitely going to have to put your time into it. You're going to have to put some thought into it. Um, I think there's just a lot of good adventures and memories to be made there. Um, I'm down to go. I definitely want to go now talking about it and looking at it. I'm like, okay, Smuggler's Cove looks kind of fun. Potato Harbor, what's that about? You know, like, why not? Like, go explore this world. Uh, life's too short. If you got the money, you got the dollars, you got the Skrilla, y'all, just spend it. Go to Iceland. Go to Ch the Chanel Islands. You have a great time. Is it Chanel or Channel? I think it's Channel. I do too. I know. I'm just saying Chanel like the brand, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're good. I am happy. I think you need to be happy, wanderers, and you need to keep on wandering. So, Reverend, uh, I'm going to hand it back on over to you. Uh, Reverend's final words of wisdom say beautiful, everybody. I can't tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, and I also, I really actually appreciate all of these ABCs that we do because we do these parks, or at least the parks that we've done so far. We'll do these ones that one, I don't really know about, or two, I've heard and I've just never really looked into. And I look into it and I go, holy cats, this is actually a dope place. Like, I kind of want to go now. You know, happened uh, what with Big Bend, Biscani, uh, this one, the Channel Islands, that moves up on that list of places I, I kind of want to go. I just want to go to the mall, to be fair. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of these where I'm like, before I'd be like, yeah, whatever and now we do the abc and i'm like no 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 i think we actually got it it makes sense that they're like let's call it a national park yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. questioning exactly. that destination <laughs> exactly exactly um uh, but no anyways channel islands another one of the abcs knocked out it's super cool uh, we love it. Uh, we love all of you at Wandering Ways. Make sure you love, uh, like, subscribe, all that. Hey, that's basically the same picture, ain't it? It is. It's that book. It's the same book. Yeah, there you go. Um, but um, that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye.